You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back into another edition of the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings, as always. Mark, my man, how you doing right before the weekend? I'm doing well, Evan. Just gearing up for another holiday weekend. We've got New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. We've got a lot of football, NFL football, the uh, the best college bowl games finally coming as well. So should be a, a fun weekend of football for sure. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's interesting because this does feel like the weekend between Christmas and New Year's is always it. It's not a dead time, but it just feels like a relaxed time. But of course, NFL teams are fighting for playoff position. The 49ers still have something to play for in hopes of the two seed with Minnesota facing a losable game this weekend on the road in Green Bay. So even though you have a you know San Francisco Las Vegas matchup with two teams headed in very opposite directions, and we'll break down that over the course of this episode, it is interesting just to think about the fact that all right, you're you're going to Vegas this weekend. You're going to be there for New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, but your focus is on the team on the other side whose season is basically over. But if you're the Niners, of course, your season is far from over. And in fact, this game could mean something if you're able to walk away with a win. Yeah, I mean, I think it means still a lot for the 49ers. So we've spent the last number of weeks ever since this team has you know, gone on this win streak. Now eight games in a row, they're 11 and four. They're entrenched in the third spot in the NFC at the very worst. It still means a lot. Two home games is important for the 49ers in the postseason. I think they they still desperately want the two seed and everything that Kyle Shanahan has said uh, throughout the last couple of weeks after they clinched the NFC West and guaranteed themselves that worst the three seed has been yeah, we're not going ri- to to rest our guys, excuse me. Now, maybe most of his motivation is making sure they're not rusty come the postseason as opposed to guaranteeing two home games in the postseason. But regardless of what the motivation is, it's probably somewhere split down the middle. Uh, you, I, you still want the two seed. I mean, the Niners still have something to play for, and they're just going in you know, to this matchup against the Raiders against a team that is essentially waving the white flag. So it's an interesting matchup. It kind of makes for a potential, I don't know, trap game. Could it be? I know Raider fans are are upset the way that their their season has gone this year. I think the Niners, though, are still motivated enough to not take this game lightly, and they seem to have the right mindset. But it is kind of setting up for a team that still has something to play for versus a team whose season is basically over, despite the fact that the Raiders are not mathematically eliminated from the postseason, yet they're still benching their quarterback. I know we're going to talk about that a lot here on this episode, so I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but you do kind of have two teams going in polar opposite directions meeting up, which which makes for an interesting matchup in the least. Yeah, to tease what's coming up, there are two quarterbacks on both of these franchises that most likely, in all likelihood, will not be on the team (laughs) next year and have kind of been inextricably linked for many reasons that we'll get into. But the first thing um, that I want to run by you is... It's funny, like being from the Bay Area, and, and you know this, I mean, the Niners and the Raiders always used to be a big rivalry and one that sometimes would even turn physical, especially when it comes to yeah. the players, especially the fans. It does still seem like there is a fan rivalry. And for a Raiders team that has been 
you know, down in the dumps. Like you said, they're not mathematically eliminated, but they've essentially waved the light flag and, and probably punted on whatever their season. They need a lot of help, even if they had Derek Carr for the last two games. But Mark, even though the players, I, I doubt it means anything to them, the rivalry. Um, I thought coming into the season, I had kind of circled this game as being one that might be tough uh, just because you're going on the road. And I will be mostly interested to see how many Niners fans travel. Uh, Southwest Airlines might have something to do with that. But I, I do <laughs> think that it's going to be, honestly, mostly Raider fans there making a trip up for the weekend because, yes, if you're them, the season's over. But this is honestly the last game that really means anything from a fan perspective when it comes to a team and a franchise on the other side that you used to have a longstanding and cross-bay rivalry with. Well, yeah. I mean, you used to play, you know, you know, they would play in the preseason every year. And then, as you mentioned, some of the extracurricular activities that fans would get into kind of ruined that. And they stopped playing every year in the preseason. They play every four years in the regular season. They last played in 2018. Um, that was that uh, Thursday night football romp, I believe it was for the 49ers. I, I think it was a Thursday night game where Nick Mullins, came in and, and led the Niners to a 34-3 to win uh, over the Raiders. That was a dominant game. George Kittle had a big game in that one, I remember. Before that, they played in 2014 uh, in Oakland. It was a win for the Raiders. The Niners win the previous two before that. But, I mean, you look at the way that these two teams are constructed now, Evan, uh, maybe specifically the Raiders, aside from Derek Carr, there aren't too many Raiders – that were on that team in 2018, the last time the Raiders played the Niners that are currently on the Raiders roster now. You could say a similar thing for the 49ers. That was the year uh, the 49ers started with Jimmy Garoppolo, the first full season with Jimmy Garoppolo before he got injured. So Jimmy Garoppolo was on the roster but did not play in that game in 2018. Of course, George Kittle was on that team. There are a number of others who were on that team that participated in that game, but not a ton of them. But specifically on the Raiders' side, there isn't a lot of carryover from the last matchup. And now you add in the fact that this is a team no longer in the Bay Area. The rivalry certainly isn't as fierce as it had been in years past, but I think you will quickly realize that this is still a matchup that fans get amped for. I'm sure we'll probably hear some stories of you know, a fans a little too lubricated up in the upper deck that are, you know, throwing hands. I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be game. a social media rivalry. We'll, we'll see something on Twitter <laughs> later that day. For sure. And, I mean, you throw in the fact that it's Vegas on New Year's Day. I mean, these are going to be fans that are up drinking all night long. I mean, you're in Vegas. Take advantage of it. I feel you. But it's probably going to lead into some, some messes in the game inside of Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. We will see. Hopefully it's nothing serious, of course. But despite the fact that it does kind of feel like this rivalry is dying down a little bit, Evan, I'm sure it will quickly be renewed once those teams take the field on Sunday. Over under 5% of the fans there that had not slept before going to the game. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, over under 5 I'll I'm take willing, the over. I'm willing to give, yeah, I'm willing to give fans traveling the benefit of the doubt that they are there for the game. But... You know, I, I don't know if you've been to, to Vegas at all, Mark, but one thing leads to another. You're supposed to get back by two, then you're supposed to get back by four. You look up and it's <laughs> seven, then the sun's coming up, and you're like, oh, well, I guess we got the tailgate coming, and what's the easiest way to avoid a hangover is just to not stop drinking. Keep so, drinking. Exactly. Uh, I do want to 
go back to something that you mentioned about the two seed for the 49ers and what this game does mean. Because even though as a team as a whole, I don't know if the extra home game, like I, I think we're both on the same page. San Francisco could go into anyone's house and win in the playoffs. But I do think for someone like Brock Purdy or someone that is a little new to playoff atmospheres, a second home game is more valuable to your starting quarterback, your rookie starting quarterback, as opposed to Nick Bosa or Fred Warner or George Kittle, who have been behind enemy lines. I mean, they did it last year twice. So I, I, as much as I do think that the two seed isn't the end all be all, it could be for someone like Brock Purdy. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Uh, I think that this, you know, in addition to the fact that the Niners want to make it as easy as possible on Brock Purdy in the postseason, I also think this could be, I mean, he's still so young and the, and the sample is still so small. Every game is valuable. Um, and this could be an environment where he gets tested a little bit as well. I mean, I know we, we saw him handle Seattle relatively well and that was a game where he came in without many practice reps that week it was already a short week he had his you know rib hip injury whatever it was that that you know cost him basically every single practice rep that week leading into that Thursday game uh the win for the Niners this week obviously helps their chances at getting the two seed which means Brock Purdy might only have to face one extremely hostile crowd on the way to a potential super super bowl but I think this game also gives Brock Purdy the opportunity to get used to a hostile environment because despite the fact that the Raiders, as we've both mentioned, are waving the white flag, despite the fact that they're going to be starting Jarrett Stidham, who, you know, has, has bounced around the NFL. He was drafted by the Patriots a number of years ago, drafted out of Auburn. He he also he, he transferred when he was a collegiate quarterback. He's been around and he hasn't really stuck anywhere and he hasn't really gotten many opportunities the, the Raiders certainly are not making this move because they think Jared Sidham is better like that that's clearly not what's going on here there's a lot of things going into this decision the main one is probably protecting the the investment the Raiders are because they want to try to trade Derek Carr and not be on the hook for a gigantic salary if he happens to get hurt yeah get rid of, of the investment season. yeah and, and in order to get rid of him you want him to be in tip-top shape you don't want him to be injured so you can get the most for him so all that said, the Raiders are going in the wrong direction, of course, but kind of what we were talking about early, I think there will be plenty of Raider fans who don't live in Vegas necessarily, who are traveling to this game and are, you know, aware that their season is likely over. What's better than, despite the fact that you're not going to the playoffs, what's better than upsetting the 49ers and maybe hurting their chances at going deep into the postseason? So I think it'll still be, a good environment for football and it will make for another test for Brock Purdy, at least in just the sense of him, you know, getting the plays in the huddle to all of his teammates, managing the the play clock, not having to use too many timeouts to save delay the games, those sorts of things is, is going to be um, put to the test for Brock Purdy in this game. I truly believe that on the actual defensive side of the ball. I mean, Max Crosby is good. I mean, he's better than good. He's great. One of the best defenders in the NFL. But besides that, they don't have much else there defensively. The Niners offense should be able to put up some points in this game. I know we'll talk more about that at the end of the pod. But I do think this will also be an environment for Brock Purdy 
uh, to where he has to, you know, weather some things because it's probably going to be pretty loud and, and pretty energetic and perhaps emotional as well inside of Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, at the beginning of the game, I agree. Although, and we'll we'll give our predictions at the end of the episode, but I also think that, look, there's a reason the Niners are 10-point favored. And it doesn't just have to do with the quarterback. It has to do with maybe a guy like Josh Jacobs basically saying, I'm done with Las Vegas. I'm done with the Raiders, <laughs> uh, to put words in his mouth that he essentially said. And you're also looking at, you know, there's their second pass rusher, Max Crosby, will be, be available, but I believe Chandler Jones has been ruled out. So, you know, you're looking at an already compromised Raiders team that didn't really have much going forward in the first place. It, it's a game that is obviously a must win for the 49ers. I, I don't know if I view Allegiant Stadium as a, a tough place, just because also I, I think that part of this, part of these new stadiums, it's kind of a, an issue I have with with the new you know, billion dollar acropolises that they're building across the country. It's like it's more about the show than the actual game. Yeah. And I do think there will be mostly Raider fans there. I think that they'll probably be more so from Los Angeles or Southern California. I doubt a ton of East Bayers will make the trip, but who knows? Maybe they're out there to have a fun weekend. But it it, it will be interesting just to kind of see if the environment really lives up to you know what the rivalry once was. Because obviously there, there wasn't more of a home field advantage than, say, the Oakland Coliseum. And, and you could say the same about Candlestick. So, you know, for the 49ers now in Levi's, I know a lot of people have maybe made some observations that the fans are, are there for, uh, you know, to, to socialize and they're there to enjoy how good the 49ers are. And I'm sure the same can be said for the Las Vegas Raiders when it comes to their brand new toy in Allegiant Stadium. So I, that, that's something that I'll just be paying attention to, Mark. Yeah, I mean, so will I. We'll, we'll see. And I do agree with you. In, in general, I, the newer stadiums tend to be more about the entertainment of the game, uh, entertainment of the whole product, not just the actual game itself, as opposed to the greatest experience in watching football. It's about everything more so than just football. So we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. It, I will say everything that we've heard, I know we were just talking off the air before you know recording the podcast, Everyone that we talked to that has been there said it's an incredible stadium. Doesn't always necessarily translate to great home field advantages necessarily. And when you get up and move to an area that your team hasn't, you know, been in before, that your team doesn't really have a, a foothold in, like the Raiders had, you know, just done with Vegas, uh, it, it takes some time before you can build up a loyal fan base and we can have this argument for a whole episode if we wanted to. Is a place like Vegas ever really going to be a strictly Raiders town? Because that's just not the way that, that Vegas is as a place. Um, but we'll see how how it is. I do think the the emotions of the matchup will make this an, an interesting game. We'll talk predictions at the end, as you mentioned. But I do think Purdy will be tested at times. And, I mean, like I said earlier, this is what his – I mean, he hasn't played very many games. They, he, he's won every yeah. one of his starts so far, but every snap that he takes is valuable. Every every throw that he makes, you're watching intently because you're just wondering, is something going to happen? We've been waiting for him to kind of fall back down to earth, and at a certain point, you just accept, all right, this is who he is. This kid is incredible. He's special. He should have never been drafted in the seventh round. I think a lot of people are coming finally coming to that point now and I'm with them but there is still part of you in in the back of your head thinking all right like 
when is this like when am I going to wake up from this dream? Like something has got to give at some point. And in that regard, every game, every snap, every moment still matters for Brock Purdy as we continue to try to figure out who he is and if he can lead this team to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I kind of do think if there was a time to have a stinker of your Brock Purdy, it would be one of these next two weeks just because there's not as much on the line. You bet. You better get it in either this week or next week because don't do it in the playoffs. Yeah, come postseason time. We will kill you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this is the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Please feel free to download, rate, and subscribe. We appreciate it. Uh, you can find Mark on social at Mark Randy. Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. I'm on social at eyittings 10 415ers, wherever you follow Twitter, Instagram, all the rest. Okay, let's let's dig into you know the, those quarterbacks that we were talking about. Uh, not Brock Purdy, but the two that are you know linked in many ways and have been primarily, honestly, because of the Cross Bay rivalry. But Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr. Derek Carr has been the starting quarterback with the formerly Oakland Raiders, now Las Vegas, since 2014. And Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, joined the 49ers a few years after. So right now, it looks like based on what both teams are kind of showing you with their actions, Jimmy G, unfortunately so due to injury, are kind of telling you that, hey, we, we might not need or want, in the case of Derek Carr, the services of this quarterback next year. Now, according to The Athletic, I believe Derek Carr's reason was because if he gets hurt in one of these last two games, his in his contract for next year becomes guaranteed, and you would love to be able to move him, move off of him, one way or another, trade or um, whatever else the Raiders decide to do. We, meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo is in a far different situation. But when it comes to these two quarterbacks, Mark, I guess, like, like what's the first thing that kind of comes to your mind when when people ask you, uh, Jimmy G or Derek Carr? Like, because it, it seems to be kind of a situation where Carr has, you know, I mean, maybe he's got the bigger arm, but he's also got, hasn't had the best teams. Jimmy Garoppolo's the winner. Derek Carr is the hard luck loser. But we don't really know which quarterback is actually better, I think. I, I feel like this uh, debate has flip-flopped a lot over the last number of years. I mean, you look at Derek Carr last year. He had a fantastic season. I mean, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, not, not great. I mean, even the year before, he was even better, 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. But last year, uh, the way that he helped rally that team after – you know, John Gruden left amid that controversy when he was with the Washington, then Redskins, now Commanders. Rick Basaccia steps up, and he and, and Derek Carr help lead the team through that tough time. They ultimately go to the playoffs. They almost upset the Bengals on the road in the first round, the team that ultimately went on to the Super Bowl and was a, a couple of plays away from winning the Super Bowl. That was a fantastic season and probably the crowning achievement of Derek Carr's career so far. If you asked me last year, who was the better quarterback, I probably would have said Derek Carr because that was, honestly, I was incredibly impressed with what he and the Raiders accomplished last year post-John Gruden. But this year, it's been a mess. Uh, he's thrown an NFL-leading 14 interceptions so far this season. Uh, his team has lost countless close games where he's made back-breaking mistakes. His defense hasn't done him any favors, sure. He probably has the most talent around him uh, on the offensive side of the ball as he's ever had, but he hasn't had as good of a season. So if you ask me, maybe this year, 
I would say Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, if you asked me last year, maybe the last two years, I'd say Derek Carr. I think it even flip-flopped a couple of times before that as well. When the Niners were 6-0 and in Jimmy Garoppolo's first six starts as a 49er, I probably would have said Jimmy Garoppolo. But the next year, he was out the whole year with the torn ACL. It was easily Derek Carr. This conversation has gone back and forth so many times it's hard to keep track of. Uh, and I, I'm at that same point right now because Derek Carr has been bad, relatively speaking, in this season. And Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt once again, despite the fact that he was playing good football. So if you were to ask me who would you rather have moving forward, I don't really know. It's hard to tell because these players have gone through so much in their careers. You probably have to factor in, all right, how much are they making? And right now, Derek Carr is going to be making a whole lot more than Jimmy Garoppolo would be my guess. So maybe uh, as a result of how much I'm paying him, I'd say Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't really have a concrete answer because uh, there's been so many weird things that have gone on throughout these two careers. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. And hey, look, I do think we kind of forget a bit how good Derek Carr's beginning of his career was. I know they made the playoffs last year, but you know, in 2016, he was an MVP candidate before he hurt his leg. And I think the season finale or maybe the penultimate game of the regular season. And so they go into the Houston Texans playoff matchup with uh, Connor Cook or, you know, their third string quarterback. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, Derek Carr, he made a Pro Bowl three of his first four years in the league. And with both quarterbacks being the same age, I do think it's fair to have this conversation where I stand on what happened before up until now is Jimmy Garoppolo is the career that you would want. But Derek Carr is the quarterback that you'd rather have because Derek Carr's physical ability is greater. His numbers are up and down like we kind of talked about. But the one thing that one of my coworkers pointed out to me, which I, I didn't realize, is Derek Carr has been on the field. Like I know we just talked about him breaking his leg at the end of the season, but he has never played less than 15 games, never made less than 15 starts in a season. And unfortunately, Jimmy Garoppolo, you can't say that for him. And now with the fact that this is the third time just in his San Francisco tenure that he's had his season shortened by injury, moving forward, I also have to take that into account. Now, if you're asking who would you rather pay, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably a safer investment because he proved himself to be a quality backup and insurance policy. But if you're talking about wanting a starting quarterback moving forward, I do think the answer lies in Derek Carr just because the best ability is availability. Yeah, I think uh, if you could maybe guarantee Jimmy Garoppolo's health, uh, that would probably ease a lot of minds and probably yeah. force a lot of people to, to choose Jimmy Garoppolo. But Unfortunately, you can't. So maybe you go Derek Carr just because he's proven over a relatively long career up to this point that, as you mentioned, he can stay healthy. Uh, I'll ask you this. Let's say mm -hmm. at the start of the 2019 season, the, the year the Niners won the NFC, were the top seed in the NFC and barely lost in the Super Bowl. They were really the, the best team that whole year in the NFL uh, up until that Super Bowl. Let's say that Derek Carr is the Niners quarterback that year. Do they have the same success in the regular season? Do they run through the NFC in the playoffs? Say they meet Kansas City in the Super Bowl again. Do the Niners win that game with Derek Carr as their quarterback instead of Jimmy Garoppolo? Because I'm not sure. I mean, the way that the Niners worked that year, 
uh, was they had an elite defense and their offense didn't turn the ball over. And what has been Derek Carr's Achilles heel is he has turned the ball over at times a little bit more often than you would hope. And that has cost him to his team some wins. However, has Derek Carr ever had a team as good top to bottom as that 2019 Niners team? I would say no. So it's kind of unfair just to say, well, he was X, Y, Z with the Raiders. He's going to be that same thing against the 49ers. It's probably likely he plays better than he was with the Raiders if he's on a roster like the 2019 49ers. I think the Niners probably have a better chance to win a game against a top-flight offense like Kansas City if Derek Carr is their quarterback as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I see what you're saying. And situation is really where this conversation always comes back to because I was reading today that Derek Carr has never played with a, a top 20 defense and Jimmy Garoppolo, the majority of his career, has played <laughs> with a, a top five defense. <laughs> Derek Carr thus has been asked to do more. So, I mean, who knows? If Jimmy Garoppolo starts his career in Las Vegas and is allowed to fail the way that Derek Carr did, although Derek Carr kind of hit the ground running compared to Jimmy Garoppolo just because of place and time, I mean... There's a reason why Derek Carr has 33 game-winning drives. Part of it is because he's talented. Part of it is because he's constantly behind the eight ball. And part of that is his own fault. Meanwhile, Jimmy Garoppolo has not really been asked to bring you back. His job is just to manage and make sure that you don't lose the game. So it's kind of interesting. Like I don't know if Derek Carr would have been able to win that Super Bowl just because I think he probably makes a mistake or two one maybe as glaring as a missed throw to you know to Emmanuel Sanders maybe it's doing something ridiculous like fumbling through the back of the end zone or maybe. you know maybe it's fumbling a snap or you know the, the small things that always seem to kind of haunt Derek Carr and the Raiders i don't necessarily know if those go away if he's all of a sudden got a better situation in San Francisco so that that's why i do see them as even but again Jimmy Garoppolo is the winner because of where he's been and how he's been able to fit in his situation. Meanwhile, Derek Carr has had a situation that has largely had to fit to him. Okay, but then the flip is, okay, let's put Jimmy Garoppolo on the Raiders. How does that look? Yikes. It looks it looks uglier than Derek Carr's tenure in with the Raiders. And I think that's, that's easy to predict. I think that's obvious. I mean, Derek Carr, as you've talked about, more athletically gifted. He, he's not a mobile quarterback by any means, but he can extend some plays. He has a stronger arm. He's been asked to do more. He's had more prolific passing seasons. You mentioned he was a, an MVP candidate uh, when his team went to the playoffs in 2016 when he broke his, his leg at the end of the regular season. He's had higher highs than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's had at least higher individual personal highs than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's also probably had lower lows if you take out injuries and that frustration. But a lot of that, a lot of that is because of the organization that he's been with. And it's his organization. He's always wanted to be a Raider. He went to Fresno State. He loves the Raiders organization. It's not, you know, saying it's his fault by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I think if you put Jimmy Garoppolo, a less talented quarterback, maybe a a quarterback better situated for a game manager position like we're talking about with the 49ers. If you put him with the Raiders organization and all of the things, to put it nicely, that they've been through, I don't think we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo as the winner anymore. I mean, the reason he's the winner 
is because he's been with a, a great organization who has put him him in positions to succeed throughout his tenure with the 49ers. I don't think that's the case if he's a Raider. No, that's probably true, but I also do think there's something to Jimmy Garoppolo's being a situation that he didn't mess up. Like, I know that may sound easy to say that, oh, well, yeah, I mean, you got a number one defense, you got great weapons, you got great decision makers, a great head coach, a great general manager. Like, yeah, you should thrive in that. But that hasn't always been the case. And so Jimmy Garoppolo was maybe when he was acquired, predicted or wanted to be uh, Kyle Shanahan, wanted him to be his franchise quarterback when he acquired him, but slowly figured out, okay, well, maybe he's not that guy. But I can win football games with Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe Kyle Shanahan learns to adjust to, you know, Derek Carr or uh, the Raiders. Well, they, they probably don't figure out how to give Jimmy Garoppolo any help. But I also wonder, too, with a quarterback like Carr that operates off script and that shoots himself in the foot far more often than not just Jimmy Garoppolo, but a lot of quarterbacks around the league, if Kyle Shanahan might say, Dude, like all I need you to do is complete an eight yard slant. Like, I don't need you to step out of the pocket, roll around, try and fire up a deep ball into triple coverage and be a hero. Like, we don't need you to be hero. We also don't need you to be a zero. We just need you <laughs> to make sure that as soon as we have a seven or 10 point lead, that does not get extinguished by you turning over the football. Because as we've seen this season, and this has been, in my opinion, the best 49ers team under Kyle Shanahan, but if they win the turnover battle, they're going to win the game. And Derek Carr prohibits you from potentially winning the turnover battle with how many of the mistakes that he's made. That's a good point. I also think if we continue uh, this out and we continue discussing this through, uh, assuming Derek Carr is a, has been a 49ers quarterback for at least as long as Jimmy Garoppolo has, and he's been through the trials and tribulations, he's been through some of the ups and some of the downs, he's a different quarterback than he is now. I think you'd have to give Kyle Shanahan some credit for probably creating a better player. I mean, obviously the credit would go to Derek Carr in this hypothetical. I know we're kind of getting down in in the weeds through all of this. Uh, But I would imagine kind of what you're saying, Kyle Shanahan only needs X from Derek Carr and Derek Carr's trying to do Y. Kyle Shanahan's going to try to coach him through some of those things and say, hey, We've got this team around you. We don't need you to be Superman. You know, just make the smart play and we'll win games. I think that's how you'd see that work. Um, But I think the fact that we can have this conversation and and go back and forth for a while just goes to, to prove that these are two quarterbacks, despite the fact that they have done it in entirely different ways. um, They are relatively equal. I think in their standing around the league Now, we'll see how the league values them. As you mentioned at the top, they're likely both going to be, you know, going their separate ways this offseason. Derek Carr is under contract. I mean, the Raiders signed him to a giant extension this most recent offseason, for goodness sake. And now they're taking him out from the final two games of the regular season so that they can trade a fully healthy Derek Carr this offseason. Or who knows, just cut him, whatever they want to do. Doesn't even matter. And, of course, Garoppolo isn't under contract past this season. So we'll see what the the, the market uh, says about these two quarterbacks and which teams want who and who is more eager to get one of these guys. We'll see what the actual teams think about them. But I think from my perspective, Evan, they're relatively similar for different reasons. They can do different things on the football field. But when you factor in all what they do well and all what they 
uh, maybe struggle with a, a little bit. I think they come out relatively close. Yeah, I, I do think we're in agreement there. It just kind of depends on what you value as a fan or a media member, member of the NFL, whatever. Uh, this is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, along with 95.7 The Game, Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings. Appreciate you listening, downloading, rating, subscribing. Three episodes a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay, so we, we've talked about the quarterbacks individually, but of course, both will probably... I, I mean, I would assume both would be on the market next year. I think the odds of that are pretty good. So if we're looking at the quarterback carousel, which has essentially begun and began a, a, the moment, honestly, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, then you're also looking at, I think, the four quarterbacks, but really three that, that are out there uh, that you would want, Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr. And then if someone was able to pry... Lamar Jackson away from Baltimore. Technically, he's a free agent. That would be a fourth. And then the, or sorry, that'd be a third. And then Tom Brady is the fourth. And excuse Lamar Jackson from the conversation. I personally think Baltimore would be stupid not to resign him or at least do everything they can to. But when we talk about quarterbacks that it feels the same, like I don't really know which one I'd rather have. There are a few teams this offseason that are going to have to make that decision. And just going down the list of teams, the New York Jets are obviously one of them. That's a team that's been linked to Jimmy Garoppolo via Robert Sala. We're looking at May. I, I can't imagine the Steelers would move off of a Kenny Pickett this early, but who knows? Maybe they want to bring in a more seasoned quarterback to try and elevate a roster that has been decimated by injury this year and is still somehow approaching 500. Uh, you're looking at, I don't know, maybe a Tennessee team. I know that they're invested in Ryan Tannehill, but I'm not sure how far that goes. You look at Indianapolis is probably the next most likely one to need a quarterback. Um, and then down the line in the NFC, you're looking at the Atlanta Falcons. You're looking at maybe the new Orleans saints. And that's, that that's kind of where the train stops for me, Mark, but it does seem like there's going to be a few teams and actually quite a few teams more than I realized that will be in need of a starting quarterback this year. Um, I mean, do you think those three guys being Brady, Garoppolo, and Carr are going to be highly sought after? I can't see why they wouldn't be in a – I mean, there's there's a, a few, uh, you know, top quarterbacks expected to be, you know, in the draft uh, as well this year. Yeah, but I, it's, a, it's a relatively – I mean, it's not like nearly as, uh, I don't know, anticipated as the 2020 draft was. Uh, or excuse me, the 2021 draft was when Trey Lance was drafted third overall along with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Uh, there are some, you know, names up there that are expected to be, you know, top picks, top 10 picks. But I think if you're a quarterback or if you're a team looking for a quarterback, uh, obviously if you're in the top five, you can go and select one. But if you're outside of that top five spot, uh, you're probably looking not to the draft and instead towards, you know, the, the quarterbacks currently on rosters right now, like a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Derek Carr, a Tom Brady. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. If the Ravens let him walk, that's going to be really interesting to keep an eye on because I think the Ravens are extremely upset with how the Browns handled the Deshaun Watson situation because they gave him so much guaranteed money. And Lamar Jackson's just going to say, hey, I'm better than him. And he's getting all this guaranteed money. You got to at least match that for me. That's going to be interesting to watch. So I'm not sure we're going to have a resolution on that for quite a while. And it will probably go 
deep into the offseason. Uh, but beyond that, I agree with you. I think Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tom Brady will be sought after, sought after, excuse me. And I would be surprised if the Raiders do not try to make a hard push for Tom Brady. It seems like wow. a Raiders move to try to do that. I'm not so sure that that Tom Brady would want to do that, but it does seem like a Raiders move. All right, we've got Devontae Adams. We've got Max Crosby. Probably don't have Josh Jacobs anymore because he's a free agent, and, and by all, all accounts, it looks like he wants to get out, uh, and why wouldn't he, I guess, at this point? But I, I, I expect them to make a push for Tom Brady. We'll see if it happens. But I, I think those are three guys that will be sought after. They will have a handful of suitors. I'd be interested to see how the money plays out for Jimmy Garoppolo because we had a lot of conversations about, oh, you know, $25 million, maybe up to $30 million before he got hurt. But now that he suffered another injury, that number probably takes a, a pretty big uh, decline. And, and how many years does he get? I don't know. But uh, if you're a team that has a good roster, maybe like the Saints, as you mentioned, that has a good roster and maybe he's just a quarterback away to go after one of those guys, I would not be shocked. So uh, I think there's going to be a big market for those three guys in particular this offseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I do think Garoppolo's injury pass is the only thing that would hurt him from being probably the highest paid or highest and longest paid of the three. But where I see them now after Garoppolo's injury and how probably a lot of teams see him, by the way, uh, the closest of the teams that we named at the beginning of this segment needing a quarterback would be Indianapolis and Atlanta. They're currently fifth and sixth as mm -hmm. far as draft position. Although right now in fourth is a team that Lamar Jackson is probably also very happy about, and that's the Denver Broncos giving Russell Wilson a quarter of a billion dollars for who knows what. So yeah. maybe they maybe they decide that, hey, you know, we'll we'll try and see if we can stomach another year or two of Russell Wilson while C.J. Stroud or uh, you know, Bryce Young needs um, waits on the sidelines and, you know, they try and figure it out. But but here's how I see those three quarterbacks we're talking about. Jimmy Garoppolo is in, in a way kind of the safest play. Like, you know exactly what you're going to get as long as he's on the field. So to me, Jimmy Garoppolo would be a perfect, you know, two year, 30, 35 million dollar candidate and maybe even command more depending on which teams really want his services. Derek Carr is the one that I guess I would want. And you'd probably give the longest contract to just based on his past. And then Tom Brady, he's an enigma. I, I totally can see I'm, I'm with you. I can totally see him going to Las Vegas because he's the one that brings the show. And if you're really, we just talked about Allegiant stadium being more about the glitz and the glam than the actual uh, gridiron then Tom Brady fits right into that. And if you could get him for a kind of a, a similar cost to a Garoppolo, maybe less because Tom Brady has been open to taking less money in the past to make sure he's got the roster he wants. And I mean, Las Vegas, sure, they might lose Josh Jacobs, but they acquired a few nice pieces this past off season coming off the playoffs that they were hoping to build off of, which is why moving off of Derek Carr immediately kind of makes very little to no sense, in my opinion. But if you can go out and get Tom Brady on a one or two year flyer, even if he's 45, 46, you know, maybe that's a situation where if you're Las Vegas, you're saying, gosh, we were in so many close games this year. And what's the one thing that Tom Brady at least has done this season? His overall numbers haven't been great, but the one thing he can do is win you a game down the stretch. 
maybe instead of six and nine, we're looking at nine of six if we got Brady. So that that to me is why Las Vegas makes the most sense for him. I would never uh, say Tom Brady is one to run from the fight, Evan, but I think the one uh, reason why I, I don't think Tom Brady would go to the Raiders, and I, you just laid out reasons why. I know I said it. I think that the Raiders would be seeking out Tom mm-hmm. Brady. Uh, I, Tom Brady, again, I don't think he's one to run from the fight, but uh, he's also a smart competitor. Why would you ever willingly go into a division with Patrick Mahomes? The second best quarterback in that division, Justin Herbert. Why would you ever willingly go into that that division? Well, he I, did opt to go into the NFC South, which at the time had Drew Brees. <laughs> okay, that's different than Patrick than than a in their prime Patrick Mahomes and sure. Justin Herbert. I mean, when he went to New Orleans, what Drew Brees had one more year? That was his last year in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, and in the regular season, the New Orleans Saints beat them twice. I mean, it was they the Bucs that, that flipped the script in the playoffs. But, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't know. I'm not saying I, I, Tom Brady has made a career of, you know, running away from, from great quarterbacks. They certainly beat his fair share. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. But at this stage of his career, if he's still trying to win football games, which why else would he still be playing? I mean, he, he, he killed his marriage because he still wants to keep playing football. He wants to win, allegedly. He wants to win games. Uh, So I don't know why you would willingly uh, make it more difficult on yourself by going to a division that you probably would never win. Yeah, that's true. I guess I just, I'm just not sure where else would probably be. Like, like what would check all the boxes? Okay, so I know we only have a couple of minutes left, and and I do want to get our predictions out for this weekend's game. But I do think this is this is interesting, and it's something we're going to be talking about this entire offseason when it comes to quarterbacks and where they go. If you're a team that or if you're a player that you know wants to move teams and go to a different location, of the teams that need a quarterback, which one would you prefer? I mean, there's honestly not a lot of great situations out there that, in my opinion, would be better than Las Vegas. Uh, if I'm Tom Brady, I would be interested in New Orleans. I know we just mm-hmm. we just said that, but I mean, they still have a, a really quality defense. Uh there's some questions about their offense as well, but but they've hit on some draft picks recently uh, as well. I mean, Chris Olave is one of the better young receivers in the game. I know Alvin Kamara has some legal questions that that has to play out before he makes his decision. But if I'm Tom Brady, I'd be interested in a place like like New Orleans because I, I think they uh, are are quarterback away from at least being good. And you know that that division is probably still going to struggle for at least a few more years. Stay in the division, a place you know well uh maybe maybe go to to a slightly better overall team and, and see what happens but i don't know i i just don't think he uh i think he's too smart to willingly go to the afc west right now considering everyone else in that division i see what you're saying yeah maybe he's also worried about russell wilson who knows uh <laughs> it, it is interesting uh, it's crazy to think about though jimmy garoppolo Derek carr and tom brady all essentially being potential guns for hire. Like when have we ever thought about those three quarterbacks as hitmen or mercenaries yeah. on the free agent quarterback market? All right, Mark, let's, let's get to the game itself. Uh, the 49ers enter the weekend currently as we're recording this as a 10 point favorite. Uh, the total that I saw was 42 points. So if you're looking at this game, I think we both expect the Niners to win. I kind of do think it's going to be a tricky game though, just because of, the extracurriculars, like it has nothing to do with what's going on on the field. It has to do with 
the Raiders and the players that are playing for the Raiders that want to play, that want to be there, having something to prove, a.k.a. contracts for next season, potential suitors if you're, you know, Jared Stidham, if you're, um, you know, one of those other guys in a contract year. I do think the Niners handle business, but I do think that the Raiders also give them enough of a fight to cover. So I'll take mm. the 49ers 28 to 20. That is my prediction for this game. Over 28 to 20. Wow. The over hits relatively easily too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 28, 20 Niners come out on top. I also have the Niners winning this ball game. I do think they cover though. And the under just barely sneaks by 27, 13 is my final score prediction. Niners 27 Raiders 13. I think this is a, a walk in the park. Relatively speaking, I think the Niners get a two score lead in the first half. They don't need to play any of their stars that many snaps in the second half. They cruise to victory. Max Crosby will announce himself. He'll make a big play here and there. But the the others on the defense simply not good enough for the Raiders. Um, I know that there's been a, a lot of noise this week in, in practice about Debo Samuel. He is up and practicing once again for the 49ers. I would be shocked if he plays. If he does play, it won't be that many snaps. I think the Niners should hold him out. Until the postseason starts, we'll see about that. I think the Niners just have too many weapons. They'll spread the ball around. No one's going to get that many touches. McCaffrey's certainly not going to come close to 25 carries like he did, uh, or I guess more than 25 like he did against the Seahawks. He probably won't get 20 touches total, maybe 15 total touches. We'll see for McCaffrey. Uh, But I think it's going to be uh, a workman-like day for the 49ers. They win by two scores, 27-13. to Okay. Yeah, no, I, I could totally see that. I, I do think that the Raiders will cover in a backdoor fashion. Mm. Uh, if the Niners scored 28 in the first half and then took their foot off the gas pedal and the Raiders scrummage enough points, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and Jared also, Stidham, huh? Backdoor <laughs> cover. Well, we talked about this before. There's a California Golden Bear waiting in the wings, and <laughs> Chase Garbers might have the opportunity. Hey, I'm just saying, man, the Pac-12 at Cal – he was kind of known as a comeback kid, so I'm not saying he's going to beat the 49ers, but if Jared Stidham looks like utter garbanzo in the first, watch out for that golden bear in the second string. <laughs> uh, a a phrase a I never thought I would ever hear. Chase Garber is known as a comeback kid. <laughs> hey, go watch his last two big games. Okay, that'll do it for <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of the 415ers podcast. Mark Grandy, Evan Giddings with you as always. Uh, Mark, we'll be talking to our listeners on Monday after the game, of course, between the Niners and the Raiders. Uh, But I encourage you to have a safe and festive New Year's Eve Uh, to everyone out there. Please drive safe. Please drink responsibly. It's not just your holiday. You could mess up. It is other people's as well. Um, So Mark, I'll be talking to you this weekend. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Evan. looking forward to it. Have a good one. All right, everybody take it easy. You've been listening to another episode of the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey sports podcast network.